0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, Conversations About Impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments, and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I show entrepreneurs how to turn their businesses into agents for lasting change, global impact, and a force for good in the world. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. I'm excited to announce the Fierce Women Forum, a special event where nine remarkable leaders and I will talk about what it means to be fierce, the reactions we receive as women and people perceived as women, and how we can support each other to be fierce when it's needed. If you've ever been told you're too much or silenced yourself because you were afraid of how you'd be perceived, the Fierce Women Forum is for you. To learn more about the forum and the outstanding leaders I'll be in conversation with, and to register, go to workalchemy.com forward slash FWF, as in Fierce Women Forum. The Fierce Women Forum begins on July 15th, so be sure to bookmark that site right now and go there right after this episode. Even if you're listening to this after July 15th, you can still register and receive the recording. Please join us. Today's guest on the podcast is Trevor Blake. Trevor is the author of Secrets to a Successful Startup and Three Simple Steps. He founded and served as CEO of three different medical technology companies, which went on to sell for nine-figure sums. Trevor was a guest previously on the podcast to talk about his impact as an entrepreneur, including his new book, Secrets for a Successful Startup. And today he's here to talk about his experience with the five-hour workday and how that's influenced his impact. So welcome back, Trevor.
1: Thank you, Whistler. Thanks for having me back again.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. So you founded three medical startups, which you sold, and I believe you have two companies that you're leading right now.
1: Right. That's um, correct. Yeah. So company yeah. four and five are, are <laughs> underway.
0: <laughs> Great. So I can see how a five hour workday is absolutely appealing. Uh, that's uh, pretty obvious, but what got you interested in that specifically and how did you get it down to five hours? I'm really curious how that all works.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's a, it's a deliberate act. It's, sometimes when you talk about these things, it sounds sort of new agey and a, a nice to have, or wouldn't that be cool? But it's actually for scientific reasons that I do this and, um, when I was when I was a lot younger, <laughs> um, I read a lot of Tony Bazan books. Tony Bazan is a uh, you know an expert on peak brain performance and mm. memory techniques, okay. and it fascinated me. And so, and f- um, I decided to you sort of uh, uh, adopt his techniques at a very young age. Around about the age of twenty one, I'd been in the navy, so I was used to working shifts, and I realized that in my in my military career, I really only worked four or five hours a day because we would work, we, we did watches, you know. If four hours on six hours off type of thing right mm-hmm. and um, I don't th- I don't think the military had had done that for scientific reasons but it, it was sort of a, you know I was at a young age it was indoctrinating in me that you don't have to work 10-12 hours a day, a day to be successful and then Tony Bazan sort of confirmed that so ever since then I've worked a five-hour day whether I was working for a regular career or w- whether working from home as an entrepreneur really and, yeah yeah and, and, and the right. thing was when I, when I did it in a regular career I had to cheat you know I couldn't tell my boss I was working a five hour work day. and i was I started off as a, a a sales representative then became a sales manager and then national sales manager, et cetera et cetera and then went into marketing and what I used to do was when I was a sales representative, you know I'd work for two hours in the morning driving around you know talking to my customers and then you very quickly burn out you know it's, it's, science shows it's yeah. almost impossible to concentrate for more than two hours. some science says more than ten minutes but but you know we're not going to have ten minute workdays. so so science right. says two hours so what I would do is I work well for two hours and i was really doing well i could feel i was being productive and then i would deliberately go away somewhere for an hour so i was working in the city of liverpool in england that was my first territory and i would go and sit in the anglican cathedral which is a beautiful old Mm. church and um and i would sit in the back there for an hour and just just get peaceful for a while and then i go back to work again and so i split my day up two hours in the morning two hours in the afternoon and then one hour in the sort of late afternoon early evening and um, of course, I had, to, I had to pretend I was working, so I, when my boss had moved me, I couldn't do that. I had to do an eight-hour, 10-hour workday. Um, but it was interesting. I won every single sales competition that was going.
0: I got mm. promoted
1: to sales manager within 18 months of starting from trainee sales rep. I bypassed all the sales executive positions. And as a sales manager, I won all this all the all the sort of company. Huh. I was working for a big corporation, a big European corporation, and then a big American company. And I won all the sales manager prizes. But I could never huh. tell people why I was successful. I couldn't say, well, it's because I understand peak brain performance. And yeah. you should so- work more than five hours a day because they just fired me. <laughs> but that's kind of what I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so clearly it does not, not only does it not interfere with being able to be successful, it
1: ties directly into it. I think it's, I think it's for me, it's been one of the most important things in, in you know, if, if I judge my life as being successful, it's been one of the most important things I've ever done. And I, mm-hmm. I, I talk about it a lot and people find it hard to believe. Um, but these days, Less so because, you know, there's a tsunami of people moving away from traditional corporate work, workplaces into working at home. And when mm-hmm. you do that and you take your corporate mentality with you, you can get burned out really quickly. If you're sure. working on your own at home, you know, doing eight, 10 hours a day, that, that'll just, that'll, you, you'll be on an antidepressants before you know it. And, and so I, I, but you, you need tremendous discipline to do this. So, so you have to understand how the brain works. And then you have to understand the importance of the relaxation periods and treat them with the same reverence you would do the work periods. You can't, you can't let them leak into each other. And right. if you do that, then you know, you, you're on top of it all the time. I mean, like you said at the introduction, I'm on my fifth company now, and total enterprise value of the all five is probably a billion dollars. So we're not talking yeah. about little, you know, little hobbies or anything. We're talking about serious, yeah. impactful companies.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, well, this is so fascinating to me because one of the things that I do is um, work for, in my case, 70 minutes because that's a nice spurt for me when I can deeply concentrate and then I take 10 minutes and then I start another 70-minute period. And even that has helped somewhat, but I'm definitely not working just five hours a day. <laughs> so so how uh, tell us a little, a little more detail about... Um, how you can um, structure your day and and how some ideas about how to keep things separate, keep the rest right. periods separate. I,
1: I call the, t- the two disciplines, and um, actually, if you go to my website, I, there's, a, there's a, f- a free download called The Practical Magic of the Five-Hour Workday. And, and in that, I explain the science and the history behind it. And that if we go back in time to before the First Industrial Revolution, contrary to what Hollywood would have you believe, uh, people in Europe only worked four or five hours a day, and they got 173 days holiday a year. We used to work mm-hmm. in a very, very village-centric, gentle lifestyle. And of course, the Industrial Revolution completely changed that, and everybody had to commute to where the machines were were, were uh, situated. And you had to, you know, there was no no artificial lighting in those days, so the machine had to be kept going as long as there was. Uh, you know natural light and that's where the, these long crazy shifts come from which you know fortunately have diminished over time and and, and now people think they're doing well by having an eight or nine hour workday. Yeah. they don't right. understand that you know half of that time is a complete waste of time so in order to change that you do require to to develop uh, disciplined habits and i call it task discipline and schedule discipline and so um when i wake up in the morning i get up i meditate um, I make my wife a cup of tea, wake her up, and um, take my dogs out for a walk. And at no point have I checked any of my electronic devices. I, I do. I have separate devices for the office and separate devices for for, for my lifestyle, yeah. and um, and they're switched off. And because the, what most people do is jump out of bed and then check their text. Once you do that, it's all, it's 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 a waste of time. Now you you you're going to be so sidetracked and so so lost. So so uh, everything's sort of locked away in a drawer so to speak a a sort of metaphorical drawer and and then i enter my office at nine o'clock and that's the start of my work day and i'm going to work for exactly two hours and i have a priority list on a whiteboard and i do that i I still don't switch on my computer i still don't check any emails or or, 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 um, text or anything and um, i do the first task that's on the board and that gets me that gets me up because you know, I know my brain is at peak performance at that time, and that mm-hmm. task requires my concentration. So I do that, and I work for about two hours, maybe maybe an hour and a half, let's say, and then I finally allow myself to check emails, etc. Mm-hmm. I I have alerts on my computer and on my, my cell phone. So exactly two hours later, I get an alert, and it says stop. And it doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I'm on a conference call, I have to say, sorry, I've got another appointment. They don't need to know that my next appointment is me leaving my office and going for a walk alone. In, in nature, in the woods. Wow, but that that's is it. it's so important because the next bit is more important than the first bit because the first bit I was doing analysis and you know, using one side of my brain and the way the brain works. And then when I get out of my office and I go for the walk, I'm using the other side of my brain. And that's where all of those great aha moments come from. They just mm-hmm. pop into your head and you think, oh, I've just spent two hours trying to crack this problem. And now I know the answer and it's come to me from nowhere. Right. So so the day splits up like that. And then I take a long lunch hour, two hours with my wife, and then I do another two hour period in the afternoon. I also take a 20 to 30 minute nap, uh, which is the same thing that NASA insists that all of its pilots do in the afternoon. It improves mm-hmm. their performance, their flight performance, 34%. Um, I learned that later on in life. I didn't learn that when I was a kid. Um, and then, I, and then I take another break. I, go, I do something else with the dogs or something, or with my animals. And then um, I do an hour in the evening because science also shows that for creativity tasks, we're, we're better and more creative when our brains are actually tired. So I leave the creative stuff until the end of the day, things like writing and articles and blogs and things like that. I do that between 5 and 6 o'clock. And that's my workday. And then I'm done. I shut down, and, and I don't go back to it until the next morning at 9 o'clock.
0: Wow. I have so many questions about all that. Um, <laughs> so let me start with one thing. So this list of priorities, is that something you do on the day or is it something that you do in advance?
1: It's something or- I do the 10 minutes before I leave my office uh, okay. at, at about uh, four o'clock in the afternoon. So I, I, I check my, my uh, I have a say list of five or six things that I want to achieve the next day. And I put them in a priority. And then by doing that, I sort of cement it in my mind. It means I can relax in the evening because I'm not going to suddenly think, oh, I mustn't forget this or I mustn't forget that. and Because and, yeah, it's on my board, I won't be able to forget it. So so the next morning when I come in, I do I'll do activity number one and then during the day do the other activities. And then I rewrite that again for the next day just before I leave my office.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's a discipline that I've found so helpful. If I'm not spending the first 20 minutes partially distracted already because time's ticking, if I do the prioritization the day before, it is... So much easier to launch
1: into the day. So. It is. It's, it's sort of old school, but it works really well. And uh, yeah. you know, I've I've spent a lot a lot of my life reading biographies of successful men and women, and that's one of the things I I picked up, um, particularly from um, Mary Kay. She was she was big on lists, yeah. and and um, you know she was she was incredibly successful, obviously, but she helped yeah. everyone else who she, who became a uh, you know one of the, one of the sort of uh, representatives. Um, she helped them all be successful too by by helping them understand the importance of of task discipline is what she called it
0: right so the two hour period <clears throat> that seems like a long time to me so um, is that something you 've played with as a time frame that works for you, or is it based on tony bazan 's work and you just stuck with it and it it just seems to work really well for most people
1: it just It just works well for me keep in mind you know um at one point, I was running three companies at the same time, and so it's really not two hours on one task it's you know probably thirty minutes on one task for one company and thirty minutes on another task for another company so that, that's yeah. kind of how I did the, the way that it's it's really important how the company is structured of course So you you can't you, can't, you know if you've got a if you 've got a traditionally structured company with you know one hundred and fifty employees it's going to be very hard to do just a five hour work day although I have done it in my regular career yeah. i i used, I used to, i've developed the technique of um, grabbing a file or a piece of paper and putting a frown on my face and looking really important and marching really fast through the, through the <laughs> office. And then I go out the fire escape into my car and drive home for half an hour. That's how I managed to do it in the real corporate world. But again, it's cheating, right. you know, and that no one would stop me and say what's going on because I look really important and yes. got a piece of paper, man. But, <laughs> but in the, the challenge is when you're working, you know, these days, a lot of people are working on their own and in the home office. And the temptation is to, you know, just sit at your computer all the time and wait for mm. an email or, or wait for the True. phone to ring and and that's pretty unhealthy so mm-hmm. so you don't have to do the full the full 2 hours it's just that for me it's it's kind of i'm pretty much done by 2 hours and I, you know I've, I've i've pretty much cleared my list by 2 hours and you know ready to get out and go for a walk yeah
0: so one thing i can see happening and it's certainly been my experience is <clears throat> this issue of time creep so I'm working on something, I'm in the middle of it, and it's like, oh, the bell rings. And I just have in my mind, five minutes left and it'll be done. <laughs> and of course that never takes just five minutes. So you know, my, my, in my case, the 70 minute period I was using, but in, in your suggestion is the two hours, I can see it extending beyond that. So I was really intrigued to hear that you, that's an absolute cutoff for you even in a meeting.
1: Yeah, it's an absolute no, no. And uh, surveys have shown that even in the corporate workplace, the productive amount of time spent per day per employee is only two hours and 53 minutes. But the rest of the time is spent with people searching the internet, looking for better jobs or, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, or yeah. talking around the coffee pot and stuff like that. So in the, in the regular workplace, you do get those natural distractions and you feel like you've been at work all day and you, feel, you go home and say, oh, you know, my feet are tired. I've, I've been working all day, but you haven't really. You've been doing other things for most of that day. And you've been working sure. about two hours and fifteen minutes. So, so you have to develop, you have to realize that. And then when you're working on your own, you have to be absolutely disciplined on, for that time creep. Um, and, it, and it takes a little bit of, um, you know, people might accuse me of being direct or, or uh, uh, aloof or something, because I will say, sorry, I have to go. Even if mm-hmm. I'm doing a webinar and it's Q&A at the end of the webinar and people just want to ask all these questions, no, it has to stop now. Because it, mm-hmm. if it's important, it, it's my brain that's at, at, at stake here. It's my, it's my yeah. uh, peak brain power and my lifestyle. You know, one of the one of the main benefits of the five-hour workday is being able to get a balance between success and lifestyle. So success and balance go together. I don't think they're mutually yeah. exclusive. But I meet a lot of entrepreneurs who work 14-hour days, but they're on their third marriage. You know, And the children don't know mm-hmm. who he is and who she mm-hmm. is. Um, you know, I'm, I've been married 36 years and I, 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 it's not the only reason that I've been married 36 years and still happy, but, but it's definitely played a part because my wife knows that she's not second best. You know, yeah. I'm not putting work first. I'm putting my life equally important as, as my work. And so I, I think, you know, you have to develop that mentality first before you can really understand, before you can't just say, okay, I'm going to do a five hour workday" without understanding why you're doing the five hour workday. Yeah.
0: Um, Trevor you 're revolutionizing my work life even as we 're having this conversation. <laughs> this is awesome I,
1: um, I hope so and I, I hope a lot, you know I, I, I feel privileged and i, I didn 't realize that it was as rare working like I work i didn 't realize it was as rare as it was until I started to talk to other entrepreneurs after my, I saw my first company. I, you know People asked me, would you come and do a, a talk or would you come and visit our group of CEOs and everything? and I started doing that and I just realized how how foolishly they were working but kidding themselves that they were they were productive and yeah. um and and so it's after the, it's when i realized how rare this was i wanted to kind of share the message you know there's very good reasons to structure the the, the workplace this way and very good reasons because your brain is at stake <laughs> and uh, and it's you know i mean i'm so i feel privileged you know, i'm able to be successful with my work. I mean, five companies is, is, is pretty good going at this stage. Um, I think so. I've got a happy lifestyle and I'm able to, I still have time for my hobbies. So I still have time. I love to write, I write screenplays. And and um, so I, I still have time to do that. And I, I have an animal rescue and sanctuary. And so I'm able to spend mm. time on that. To be able to have that balance is what it used to be like before the industrial revolution, where, where the village centric culture that people used to put their family first, spirit second, leisure third, and work fourth. And it's only the Industrial Revolution that changed that upside down, and and it's got to the point now where most people put work first Mm -hmm. and at the expense of everything else.
0: Yeah. We've referred to this a number of times around the brain research, and um, could you tell us a little bit more about why this works so well?
1: Well, there's so many, so first first of all, once, once the brain gets to a certain point, it can't process information at the same, at, at the same rate as when you started, even though you fool yourself into thinking that I'm, I'm still working, I'm still in the zone. There's no such thing as the zone, actually. It's, a, it's an illusion. And um, so science tells us. And so um, you have to, so, so your neural pathways kind of sort of close down. They they they, they sort of clog up if I'm trying to give a visual of it. Uh, so I'm not a biologist, so I, so I just read these books and think, oh, that's interesting. I'll try that and see if it works. And when it works, I keep it as a habit. Um, so the neural pathways kind of clog up a little bit. And so you have to then challenge your brain in a completely different way to get it to switch back on again. And that's why the split of the day is really important. That's why it's so important to, to stop working and go and do absolutely nothing. And, and people will find that the hardest thing yeah. because they'll, they'll leave their They'll try it. They'll leave their office and they'll go for a walk, but they'll take the phone with them. Or they'll, or they'll go for a walk and their, their, their brain will be spinning with with ideas. And you have to develop the habit of leaving your office and therefore leaving work and completely switching off whatever you want to do, whether it's go for a bike ride or go for a walk or, or just, or just sit and look at a tree, whatever it happens to be, you know, just relax. But you, you, but you have to completely switch off so that your brain and by switching off mentally, your brain actually switches back on again. Hmm. Um, what was a mistake to make would be to stop work, and then say put your computer on and go trading for an hour or go and watch tv for an hour or something like that that's not how you get your brain to work at peak performance you have to do two hours work and then switch off completely so that so the, the brain is sort of shocked into thinking oh we're, we're you know we've stopped and then the well, brain starts again
0: but, and how many people have said, oh, I just had the most amazing idea while I was in the shower or you Exactly. Know, that's exactly and... the process.
1: That's exactly, yeah. that's it. I mean, I get most of my good ideas I get when I'm just sort of strolling around. I've got, I've got some beautiful gardens here, of course. So I just stroll around my gardens here and just, you know, watch a dog playing. And, and then I suddenly think, oh, wow, that's a great idea. I smack myself in the forehead and think, well, oh, why didn't I think of that before? And, you know, I know I would never have got that idea if I was sat in my office waiting for an email to come through or something like that.
0: Well, I can see how I can, uh, for this switching off period, I'm already mentally negotiating with myself of, well, you know, maybe I don't have to actually switch off. Maybe it's good enough to go play some music or listen to the podcast on a completely different topic, but that's not what you're saying. Is
1: that right? Well, music's okay because, um, so it's also shown scientifically that it's impossible to multitask. We fool ourselves into thinking that we can. Okay. But what we do is a thing called uh, context switching. So if we do two tasks, our brain does, our brain splits into two basically and we do each task half as well. And then if you try three tasks, it just completely, is it's a, like a catastrophe. And, it, you know, to get the visu- visual of that, if you've been driving behind somebody who's texting while they're driving, you can see that it's impossible to multitask, yeah. even to do two things is it's dangerous. So, so you know, with 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 knowing that it's impossible to multitask, the only thing you can do at the same time as you're working is play music. Anything else will cause you to go into context switching. And you'll do half, half you know. I, I know people who say they work, they work from home, but they've got two computers and they do a bit of trading on the side, you know, they check the markets right. while they're working, or they mm-hmm. put the TV on in the background and they check the baseball or something while they're working. And unfortunately, they fool themselves because what they're doing is ending up splitting the brain so it's half effective at work and half effective at watching baseball or whatever. So, so but music is fine because music is, is registered in a completely different part of the brain than the one we use for creative work.
0: Right.
1: Okay.
0: So, um, yeah, this is really good. I One of the things that is popping up for me is, you know, it's one thing to discipline yourself, so that task discipline and schedule discipline, um, although this is kind of touching on schedule discipline, but so much of the time that people spend, especially in larger organizations, is going to meetings that are not necessarily helpful or beneficial, it's often the biggest time drain for people. So you've talked about how you deal with meetings. You, you um, I mean, you're the, you're the leader in this scenario. Um, so you can say we're meeting for an hour and then at the end of the hour, I'm out of here. Um, but it, it involves setting some really clear boundaries.
1: Yeah, it, it does. Um, I do everything I can to avoid meeting at all. Um... And I've, I've always been like that because, you know, in my regular career, 75% of the time that I was actually working was probably in a meeting room talking about yeah. things that had nothing to do with customer satisfaction or profitability or anything like that. It was all about how to, how to keep the employees happy, um, latest human resource systems and things of that nature. And so when, when I became an entrepreneur for the first time, I structured my company in a way where I knew I wasn't going to have that distraction of, of hold you know, handholding employees. And so I, I structure my company completely virtually. It's, you know, mm-hmm. we call it a model of alliances these days. And, um, and I, so I contract with vendors and consultants who are experts at what they do and they don't want meetings because they don't want to be supervised that they, you know, the best thing I can do, it took me a while, a while to learn this. The best thing I can do is hire them and let them get on with the job mm-hmm. and uh, not call them every five minutes saying, how is it going? Can I have an update? And, uh, um, you know, for for me, I've been able I've been able to sit on my hands. At first, I used to, at first I felt guilty, so I would call up one of the vendors and say, "How's it going?" And and then I realized I was just being a nuisance. And um, you know, they work in, vendors work in a very different way. They don't need they don't need training. They don't need supervision. They're not trying to impress me as their employer. You know, like mm-hmm. that. They, they're just they impress me by getting on with the job and and being successful in that whatever function they're doing. Right. Um, in the regular workplace, it's really hard to. That meeting habit, I think. I think. Mm-hmm. I think people just feel that by call, you know, if if you have if you have an issue, call a meeting, and mm-hmm. um, and it's a very old traditional way of working. And I'm I'm really glad to say that that's all crumbling away. So the old traditional hierarchical structure of companies, we can if you just go on your high street and look at all this everything boarded up, all those all those traditional structured companies are starting to crumble away. Many of them are going to go bankrupt. And one of the reasons is that we're living in a completely different age where everything changes so fast that you have to have adaptability and, and and so the decision-making process becomes less reliant on analysis and sitting around the boardroom, everybody saying the same thing, but in, in 10 different ways. It's about using your intuition and making an immediate decision. Um, you know, as an entrepreneur, that's a luxury that you have, but in the regular workplace, I think, I think the traditional structure has to change before people will start to realize that you don't need to call a meeting and you don't have time to call a meeting anymore. Um, you know, in, in the 1950s the average age of a company was 75 years today the average age is under 20 years and i think in the next few years the average age of a company is going to be very short indeed and so you can no longer have those traditional hierarchies and keep calling meetings i think those fortunately those days are numbered and
0: uh it, yeah, it, it,
1: it coincides a little bit with the change in i'm very much into energy life is all energy and I've, i try to i try to understand energy changes so, so there is an energy change when a period called the great uh, transformational age, yes. and it's it, it's where the energy shifts from, from that linear slow male uh, clipboard type mentality. That's the that's it's it's not a gender thing. Obviously, it's what we call masculine energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, energy has two phases to it. You know, we can call it up or down, yin yang, masculine, feminine. It doesn't matter. But but it, that, but this slow energy is giving way to this faster energy, which we call feminine energy, which is really spinning. It's not it's not linear, and and it's very exciting. It's going to lead to um, you know a huge increase in the number of startups that are led by women um, mm-hmm. it's going to lead to Which tremendous changes happening. yeah it's tremendous changes in, in political leadership and business leadership because this feminine energy is necessary now because it's you know you have to make a decision on the spot and you have to trust your intuition of course you know the, the female side of us has has an advantage in that I, i've spent a lot of my life learning techniques to improve my intuition just so i can get to about 10 percent of my wife's intuition mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh you know so that's the that's the way it is so i am I, I, th- I think the that meeting mentality is going to naturally fade away
0: what do you think will um i'm i'm just imagining this as somebody who's has a more hands-on approach in their company in the sense that i mean you work with quite um accomplished contractors and they know what they're doing. They don't need you to hover over them. They just want to get on with it. And having been in that role, I completely appreciate how uh, working with someone who's not um, kind of checking in. So they feel better. Um, but the, uh, in a situation where you have more conventional, a more conventional structure to your company and you're perhaps mentoring or coaching people, your uh, you have a, a different structure. Do you think this would still work for a leader?
1: Yes, if you have the if you have if you have the courage to swim against the current, definitely. So when I was as sales when I was a sales and marketing manager as vice, I think you know it is the smaller the company, the bigger the title. So I think I was vice president commercial development or something like that. Um, and so I was building sales and marketing teams, and I taught them all the five hour workday, the benefit mm. of five hour workday. And and they at first you know it's very uncomfortable for them, but they got to understand that. I'm paying them to, to achieve certain milestones, not to work nine hours a day. That's not, what I'm, that's not why I'm hiring them as, as a full-time employee. Mm-hmm. And so if you can find a way to achieve the same thing in, in three, four, or five hours a day, then good for you, enjoy, enjoy the rest of your life. And um, in order to get them to understand that, I, you know, I had to show them that it's okay to go to the grocery store in the morning. It's okay to go to the gym in the afternoon. So, so long as we're we're performing and and what i found you know eventually they learn and find my goodness I'm performing better than i ever had in my life and i'm working yeah. half as half as long as i as i used to mm-hmm. and and all of those people that i that i hired and who who've done that have also spread the message most of them have become their own entrepreneurs actually and mm-hmm. um, the other thing i've done is i've also over the years i've convinced people to leave the corporate world and become a consultant because i could see they could make a lot more money uh, their their expertise was not appreciated in the corporate world and they were quite often coming up against that ego thing that you get where, you know, um, because, because the idea wasn't invented higher up the line, it never gets up. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, and they found it really difficult at first. It takes about six months to get used to. It's okay for me to go to the grocery store and it's okay for me to walk my dog at <laughs> 10 in the morning. It takes a, it takes, well, you probably have the same experience. It takes a while to think, to stop feeling guilty about it. And so I've coached people in through the, through the, the six months consulting period transition, if you like. And, uh, and then of course when they get three or four clients, um, you know, they, they find that they're busier than they've ever been, they've ever been, but in a shorter period of time, um, it, it, it does take a little while to adjust.
0: Mm-hmm. I know that was for me 25 years ago. And I still remember, um, I, I do remember that carrying the structure over was really helpful, but it's true. You have to kind of relax a bit around. It's okay if I you know, decide to walk the dog in the middle of the morning, as opposed to, you know, before work and all those things, it takes a little time to just adjust to that. Yeah. And I've got in in, um,
1: secrets to a successful startup, I've got some commentary from people who've gone through that transition and what they found the most difficult and, and what they did to overcome those things. And one of the nicest comments is that one person said they had no idea that grocery shopping could be so pleasant. (laughs) <laughs> because, they were shopping, because, because they weren't rushing through the store at five thirty in the evening, right? You know?
0: With everyone else. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I mean, I can completely see this as a a benefit if you have um, if you kind of look at work as part of your life and it's it's very clear that you have other things that you want to be doing but i think some people work and maintain long work days partly for the company so they have the benefit of being with other people in the company for longer and it also gives you a sense of purpose in the realm of yes i'm
1: doing stuff and therefore it must be important
0: how do you think about that
1: um it's so it it can be very lonely. You know, I've, I've never had since I've been an entrepreneur. So, uh, two thousand and one, um, I've never hired an, an employee. So, so it can be quite lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm fortunate that that I have a really nice lifestyle, and and, and Lynn and I love to do stuff together. So, we will take two hour lunch hours. We don't eat for the whole two hours, but we'll have yeah. a two hour lunch hours together. That's so, true. so that that's a brilliant thing that I have with with a couple of the people that I convinced to be consultants. I you kind of kind of convince them eventually that you need to interact with other human beings. And so so um at some point during the day, you know, you can go to the grocery store, but but what you need really should do is go to a coffee shop and get to know some people mm. and, and have a regular meeting in the coffee shop to do nothing but have coffee with with a couple of friends. It's okay mm. to do those things because you can get burned out if you by yourself all day long. There's no, no doubt about that. Mm. Um, so so just by mixing in a few things like that. The important thing is that you just you're only working five hours and what really what you do in the relaxation periods is not not that important it's really whatever you want to do um, i i do think there's a benefit to being alone in nature for what, at least some of that time yes um for connection ideas and um, but but it's really important that you do connect with other human beings at some point during the day so that my advice to people who who would be in that position is you know go to a coffee shop don't take your computer don't because that that's then you've broken you've, you've messed up the whole thing then if you do that just go to a coffee shop for having a coffee and get to know a couple of regulars so you so you walk in and someone smiles at you and say do you want the usual and just and you realize you're human again you know yeah
0: well and and in these pandemic times if going to the coffee shop isn't available you can possibly arrange a a zoom meeting or in some way just get outside and interact with people in the neighborhood even
1: yeah i mean it's yeah it's fine it's fine i mean I haven't, I, I've actually found the opposite in, the, in this COVID thing. Before, before COVID, I'd, I'd go for a walk and I wouldn't see another soul. And I'd mm-hmm. take my dogs for a walk and never see anybody walking a dog. Now I see families on right. bicycles together like it used to be in yeah. the old days. And and, people, and everyone's, everyone wants to talk. Everyone seems, I'm finding that people are being really kind to one another. Mm -hmm. and it's the opposite of what you might see on tv and 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 the media would have you believe so i'm not seeing hatred everywhere i'm seeing a lot of kindness all around and families behaving like families and so uh, you know i've got to know some people i wouldn't have got to know if it wasn't for COVID 19 because they they never came out of their houses right or they they got in the car in the garage and drove straight to work or something
0: yeah yeah i've I've really noticed that too And in fact hiking is very popular here now and it's always been with a certain group of people but now it's Extremely popular, which is really great to see, as you said, families out and out in nature and enjoying themselves, which is great
1: yeah, I hope people i hope they don't just forget it the minute that things get back to a, a new normal i hope I hope people keep on behaving like families because they all seem to be having a good time, and I yeah. you know I've seen s- s- much fewer people on a on a device while they're out walking
0: right yeah, I, I think
1: too. people are just device burned out <laughs> yeah. You know?
0: Well, I, I, hope, uh, I hope you're right. I hope we do con- continue it, and it's up to us to do that. So so what what skills or qualities do you think you have to draw on to make this work? So you talked about discipline. Um, are there some other things that you think are important in this
1: being oh, it's successful? Not, it's, it's not hard. All you need is a little bloody-mindedness, a, a little, <laughs> you know, the, you, need, you need to have the courage to put your hand up. And, and see, the thing is, when you're working from home, there's added complications too because uh, – you know, people people know you're in the house, and so they might have, so they might need some advice, or what What do you want for dinner tonight, or something? And so they, you know, mm. they, they might be tempted to come into your office. You have to be so bloody minded as to say, you can't do that. I'm working, ah, and okay. and this is my work period. You can, and Lynn's always been like that. She, she always jokes with me in the morning. You know, enjoy your commute because it's <laughs> fifteen yards to my office. You know, but she would never, she would never interrupt me, never. Um. And the, and the other thing is, in respect of that, when work is finished and I'm relaxing with Lynn, we're making dinner together and then maybe watching TV in the evening or something. Work can never interfere with that either. So that hmm. has to separate devices are the secret to that whole thing. So I have yeah. a separate computer for work and one for leisure and a, and a separate iPad and a separate cell phone. And It's probably the best investment you can ever make because you only give out your cell phone number, your work cell phone number for work so that you can't be disturbed at night when you're sitting with your leisure phone and and same with the leisure phone, that stays away from your office during the day so that you can't be distracted. The danger is you know, you could be, if, if you just have one device, the danger is you, you're working on one of your uh, things, one of your tasks from the, the list you made the night before, and then a WhatsApp ting goes, and you automatically assume that must be important, otherwise it mm-hmm. wouldn't be tinging me. And the, the moment that you, you're distracted, science shows it takes 25 minutes to get back to the concentration level you had before yeah and so, so so it is it is a discipline but you can help yourself by uh, using technology to keep you disciplined so separate devices is really important and then um, the schedules sort of built into the devices so you so you have a you know you you five alarms a day so so the alarm will go off when it's time for you to go for a break and your alarm will go off uh, you know when it's time for you to do another activity etc mm-hmm. you know so you don't have to re- it's not that it's not as a human you don't have to do anything really you can let technology dictate to you the time. And, um, and that helps a lot. I think when I first started, I, we didn't have this technology. So it's purely down to me and my watch and just checking my watch every, every now and again and being disciplined. But I think today we can use all the devices available to help.
0: Yeah. So helpful. And you can shut off notifications and, and as you say, separate things out by device. Yeah. So helpful. Well, ultimately for me, this, um, any methodology, including this one, it sounds so powerful. And my ultimate question is always, what's been the effect of doing this on your impact?
1: Well, I've built and sold uh, three very impactful companies and, and, and uh, company number four, uh, we're developing a, a, a treatment for cancer, which the aim of which is not to diminish quality of life and to improve efficacy and, and it's going really well. You can't get much more impactful than that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every every time I come across uh, somebody in my industry who hears that I'm doing this, they assume I must be working in an office building somewhere with an ar- with an army of people. <laughs> and then when they hear that, I, well, actually, it's just me and um, mm. and a couple of ideas and and some consultants and some vendors, they're blown away by it and they don't believe it's possible. Um, but proof of the pudding is always an eating of it. So you know, mm-hmm. that's that's company number four. My first three companies were very similar, but in different different aspects of the industry. Um, so you can if if you've got a if if you've got your your life balanced and your brain is constantly feeling that it's at peak performance. Like mine doesn't, you can feel it. You can feel it when your brain's on fire and -hmm. you can feel it when your brain is tired. So, so if your brain is always on fire by doing the schedule, then you can achieve amazing things Mm and uh, and all all on your little lonesome as well.
0: (laughs) Well, Trevor, um, this is revolutionary really in uh, the way that you can approach work. I think, you know, there have been obviously various people who've talked about this, Tim Ferriss and the four hour work week and those methods. But I think people have sometimes felt they're not as accessible, but I can totally see this as something that I can put into practice. And uh, I so appreciate you coming to talk about what, how it works, the kind of, um i guess framework you have to put around it the boundaries and uh really in the how it works and the impact that it's had so thank you for sharing all of that with us today
1: no, you're welcome and and don't forget there's that free download on my on trevorgblake.com uh there's no strings attached to it it's, it's i just felt it was appropriate because of the time we're living in people really need to know this is possible Um, So you can just you sign up. uh, I I would get your email address, obviously, but somebody will. Um, So just sign up and and download that. It's about 30 pages and it talks a little bit about how we used to live and then through the industrial revolution. And then and then it shows my daily structure and and the tech tools and techniques you need to start to implement it. And uh, wean yourself off the 14 hour (laughs) workday.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for um, for offering that. And um, thank you for the impact you're having and for the work you're doing in the
1: world. Thank you, Ursula. appreciate it.
0: Before you go, don't forget to register for the Fierce Women Forum so you can grow as a leader and have more impact with your business. Go to workalchemy.com forward slash FWF, as in Fierce Women Forum, to learn more and to register. Thank you for joining me. If you want to discover more about your impact, you can schedule a business impact assessment with me. That's 75 minutes of focus on your and your company's impact and how you can increase it. Just email me at ursula at workalchemy.com to schedule your business impact assessment. It's my gift to you. Join us for more episodes, subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast on your favorite podcast app, or on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, so you'll know as soon as new episodes are available. You can even help spread the word. Rate and review it on Apple Podcasts if you like what you've heard. Thanks for listening. Until next time, for ongoing support so you can have your own impact, join our community of leaders like you by liking the Work Alchemy Facebook page.